on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Dominic Catronio. Brewers needed that to say the least. 5-2 winners over the Cubs. It's a happy flight, and it's a happy birthday to manager Craig Council. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings, and I'm sure it's going to be an active day social media-wise on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line as well. You can text us. You can call us. We have Vinny Rotino joining us in just a little bit. Again, that number is 855-616-1620. One more time. That's 855-616-1620. To join in, participate in the show, I want to hear from Brewers fans, Cubs fans even too. I don't mind either way. Let's have some fun with this show. We will be with you for a little over an hour until 6 o'clock coming up here on Brewers Extra Innings. It was the day of the home run, despite the wind blowing in at Wrigley Field. You know, we had this sort of a game on Friday, back and forth, home runs of plenty flying out of there. But today was a great example of just how much the Brewers rely on the home run ball, given all but one of their runs scored on home runs. Uh, the only one that didn't was on Willie's go-ahead sack fly in the eighth inning. But when you look at a team that says, oh, the wind's blowing in at Wrigley... It's no big deal. We got this. That's, it's totally fine. With Rowdy going yard, Keston going yard twice, he needed that more than you could imagine. What a day for the Brewers and for their offense. They went 5-2. to two. Is everything perfect? No. Is it sunshine and lollipops? Not quite, but this just makes you understand that it's in there, that the Brewers can flip a switch at the drop of a hat even and get things going to make things working in the right direction. So the Brewers get the victory. They're improved now to 64 and 56. The Cubs, they fall to 52 and 68. Just quickly here, looking at live scoreboard around baseball, a day game happening for St. Louis and Arizona. They're already in a wacky one right now. The Diamondbacks are leading 4-3 to three in the top of the fifth. Cardinals manager Ali Marmol has been ejected from that game, arguing balls and strikes by C.B. Buckner. So, Keep an eye on that one. A crazy one happening in Philadelphia. It's 7-7 seven to seven in the top of the eighth inning between the Mets and the Phillies. Of course, the Brewers are chasing Philadelphia in one of the wild card spots. And then uh, San Diego and Washington. That game coming up a little bit later on. Uh, or Actually, they're on the way, I beg your pardon. It's 2-1 to one San Diego in the bottom of the sixth inning. Because here we are, end of August. It is full-blown scoreboard-watching season, as we call it. Uh, I want to make sure that we have time to have folks come in and call us. I want to have time to get to the text line. You can always tweet me as well. I'm at Dom underscore Catronio. That's D-O-M underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. I hope I pop up after Dom underscore Cot, and then I should be able to pop up in your phone. But there is so much to get to from this game with Vinny Rotino. He's going to join us in the next segment. Uh, we're going to get highlights a little bit later. We're going to get reaction from the birthday boy, Craig Council, his 52nd birthday today. By the way, the Brewers are now 5-3 and three in games on his birthday with him at the helm, so congrats to Council on that. We'll have uh, audio from him. We'll talk about Keston's big day and all the adjustments he's made with Vinny Rotino. And, and for the, the sake of things, just try to understand that here we are down the stretch at the end of this incredibly tough stretch with the Dodgers lurking coming up this week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And it's going to be the exact same lineup of pitchers that we saw 
last week here when the Dodgers were here. So tomorrow you'll have uh, the, you'll have Eric Lauer going uh, in that game against Julio Urias, and then Tuesday it'll be Corbin Burns versus Tony Gonsolin. Sign me up for that. That'll be great. Uh, and then Wednesday it'll be Aaron Ashby against Andrew Heaney to wrap up that series in Los Angeles. The Brewers will only go west one more time this year. It'll be Labor Day weekend into Labor Day week where they'll go to Arizona and Colorado. So their last uh, longer trip still to come a little bit later in the season. Uh, it'll be a, a very, very tough place to play, obviously. The Dodgers are a very, very, very good team, to say the least. But we're going to preview that series coming up in a little bit as well. Brewers win 5-2. to two. Uh, I have a mind-blowing stat to get to a little bit later. We have a, a thank you note to give to David Ross as well. Uh, it's just a, a wild game. Positive vibes are back for the day anyway. And there's no split coming this week against the Dodgers. You're either going to win the series or you're going to lose the series. And winning the series could be a massive boost for these Brewers moving forward. We're going to get into all of that coming up on Brewers Extra Innings. Vinny Rettino joins Brewers us next. Coming up right after the WGMJ. Ended up scoring the game-winning run on Contreras' walk-off base hit. 1-1, hit in the air to right. Renfro has a beat on it. And that finally ends the inning for Brandon Woodruff. 35 pitches later. The big, long first inning for Brandon Woodruff, but he was able to hunker down and help the Brewers when he doesn't earn the win himself, none other than the Raptor himself, the Vulture. Brent Suter gets the win today for the pitchers. The bullpen was flawless just about again today. Uh, this is Brewers Extra Innings. we got a lot to jump into, and I brought in reinforcements to help me talk about it. Vinny Rettino joins us here on the program. If you want to have questions for us or for Vinny, you can go into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 855-616-1620. Vinny, things were looking bleak there for a little bit, but Keston Hira comes through to save the day for the Brewers' two homer stream today. What are you going to take away from this one? Yeah, I mean, the takeaway here is a couple of things, really. I mean, the way that Brandon Woodruff was able to battle and keep the team close, even though they weren't offering any run support for him again, uh, that's number one. And number two, obviously, is Keston Hira. I mean, two home runs. Uh, he has clearly made some adjustments to that swing. He talked about him a little bit in the postgame show on Bally uh, Sports Wisconsin, how he has been able to keep that front shoulder just from leaking out a little bit. But it, to me, the swing just looks more direct. It looks shorter and quicker. I mean, I saw him in the minor leagues take 90, you know, 95 to 98 mile hour fastballs in off of the plate and keep them fair for home runs, line drives. He's more, looks like he's more focused on the line drives. He hit a, a missile line drive late in the game yesterday. Um, and then obviously we saw the two towering home runs that he hit today. Um, if he can continue this streak and continue these adjustments, because we've seen him do this before, where he's not able to really like maintain those adjustments and be consistent with them, it looks like he's pretty consistent lately. I mean, he just has to get more burn. He's got to get more playing time from Craig Council. I think that he will, after, especially after this showing and, and the, the adjustments that he's making are seem to be real, that he could – it's a guy that could carry the team. I mean, he carried him today. Um, and so if, if you can get a Keston here, a hot, and continue to hit balls out of the ballpark, this team has a real chance um, to, to do some damage and maybe make, make that run that we all need them to make in the, to, to the playoffs. There was a fun clip after that I loved personally. It was maybe two batters after um, that 
you saw Connor Dawson with Hira on the iPad after the second home run, talking about exactly what you were just talking about, staying more level with the shoulders, staying more engaged with it. These guys are always working, and I'm glad that, you know, watching the broadcast, that they showed that moment. And, look, Ozzie Timmons and Connor Dawson, they've been taking a lot of heat about hitting coaches. Why can't this team hit? There's an, there's That's a whole other conversation for another time. But to see this, these guys succeed with the homers again, Rowdy goes yard as well. But these guys have a process, and when it gets going – Man, they look like an unstoppable train at times. I mean, the wind was blowing in at Wrigley. It didn't even feel like that. Yeah, it, and, and the fact that they didn't allow it to – because at times what we've seen from this club as well is like allow it, uh, a pitcher to settle in, and Justin Steele did. But then for them to go to the bullpen, the Cubs went to the bullpen, the Brewers just said, okay, now we're going to start hitting. That's what you need to do, right? I mean, you, you really just need to – you can't allow – uh, the opposing starting pitcher just to totally shut down your lineup and just feel defeated because that can happen at times for an offense. Like, okay, we're, we don't have it again today. Well, as soon as Steele was out of the game, and he pitched well, obviously, um, as soon as he was out of the game, the Brewers' bats awakened, and that's a really good sign that they jumped on mistakes um, they didn't allow mistakes to go by or, or miss mistakes. They jumped all over them, and they hit some home runs, and they ended up winning the game. That, that to me, is an encouraging sign that this team still believes. They still believe that they can, that they can hit, and that they can. As long as the team hits, they're gonna they're gonna win, and they're gonna get in the playoffs. Obviously, they're gonna need a little bit of help from here. Um, but I, I really do believe that this team still has a, a really good chance of making it. And to me, it's probably through the wild card, but they really do have a really good chance at this point. So to that note with Justin Steele, I want to write a thank you card to David Ross. So <laughs> yesterday pulls his starter too late. Today pulls his start too, starter too early. Listen to these numbers. Steele, uh, the Brewers, against Steele, were 2-for-19 with nine strikeouts and one walk. They pull him after six shutout innings in a 2 nothing game. Into the bullpen, the Brewers have seen a ton of the Cubs' bullpen. 5-for-13 against the Cubs' bullpen with three of those five hits being home runs. Also a pair of walks drawn and only three strikeouts. I mean, thank you, David Ross. You could have thrown Steele out for one more inning, especially given the lineup that was due up. Yes, McCutcheon, you might have been frightened about him and Renfro, but Rowdy was due up, and Keston here and his reverse splits were due up, too, in that seventh inning, which obviously went the Brewers' way because a righty came into pitch uh, and just was a new look for the Brewers. It didn't make any sense. I mean, 89 pitches. No sense. (laughs) Justin Steele looked as good in the sixth as he did the entire game. So, I mean, there was no slowing him down. Um, He's got, you know, that fastball slider combination. It's a deceptive fastball. They're not able to to get on top of it. I mean, it's it, he hides it well, and then he throws that slider off of the same spot out of that same window. It's called tunneling. He did a great job of tunneling all game, and all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, uh, uh, Ross takes him out, and it, it just it didn't make any sense. So thank you. I agree. Let's go ahead and send him that thank you card. Perhaps a Kringle. Um, I'm thinking pecan, and then we'll go ahead and this is this is going to mark a very important win for the Brewers if they end up do making the playoffs because again they they were backs against the wall they were threatening to get uh, swept by the, the lowly Cubs um, and then David Ross goes ahead and and takes out probably their 
best starting pitcher at this point, the way that he's been going, and especially the way he's been going against the Brewers. So, yeah, hat tip to, to David Ross. A, a thank you note is on its way. It's been uh, a heck of a day. But to get back to reality, like you said, there is a text here on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That's 855-616-1620. Uh, this text coming in saying, well, at least they didn't get swept, which is the Brewers' mantra. Their performance of late is so disappointing for a team that had aspirations of making the postseason. Well, those aspirations are still there, don't get me wrong. And, yes, this texter is absolutely right about the fact that well, they didn't get swept, and that's kind of been the theme here in the second half of trying to avoid multiple losses. But when you're on this kind of a slide like the Brewers were on and losing two games against a team that you should be and you could have won both of those games and having a happy flight out west, getting a chance to hit the reset button with a team that you just had great success against, what's the, what's the feeling like on this flight and going into the clubhouse tomorrow for a team that knows they're going to start buzzing again here soon? Yeah, this was such an important win because of that, because of the vibes and the feeling that you want to have going into that flight all the way out to the West Coast to play against the Dodgers, the best team. I just saw something crazy about how historically good the Dodgers have been, just like with their run differential and stuff. I mean, they're on like a five-year run of being like one of the best teams of all time in that five-year window. And so you have really good vibes against – uh, going in against that team, and these are all, you know, you got to win this series. You, you, you certainly got to win every series from here on out in order to make the playoffs. So for them to have won this game and, again, have those really good vibes, really good feelings going on that plane, um, it's hopeful. That's what you're feeling. That Those are the vibes that you have. It's, it's hopeful. It's high energy. Um, it's, uh, hey, we can do this type of type of a mentality. And that's how big this win was in order to get those vibes, to get those feelings. Fantastic. Vinny's still going to be with us on the other side of this break. we got highlights coming up. we got Craig Council reaction coming up as well. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Pitch to Telez, a high drive, deep right field. That is way up the bleachers and gone for Telez. And the Brewers are on the board. 26th of the season for Rowdy Telez. And now how big is that caught stealing? That is exactly where we're going to go next here on Brewers Extra Innings. My name is Dominic Catronio. Vinny Rotino is still on the line from Valley Sports, Wisconsin, former Milwaukee Brewer himself as well. I want to go back to that. I want to go to the seventh inning. A 3-0 count on Rowdy Telez. Andrew McCutcheon's on first after a clean single. Um, take me through what do you think happened there? Why was Andrew McCutcheon running? You know... <laughs> Tough to say. I think just really to try and get something going, to scrape a run across the board, get into scoring position. But with Rowdy Telez up, you are in scoring position when you're on first base, right? I mean, Rowdy Telez at home plate is in scoring position when Rowdy Telez is up. I mean, it's uh, it was probably something that they're really going to curb from here on out. I mean, again, this team does rely on the long ball to score, and so they're going to continue to be that, and, and we know who they are, and that, that's who they are, and so we got to hit long balls. And you gotta, you got to not make outs on the bases in order to do so. So um, that's, that, that, you know, I'm sure that Andrew McCutcheon um, is, is going to look back at that one and decide not to go. 
And, and for folks, later on he had an at-bat with an awkward swing and they had the double play with Christian Yelich. That, to me, looked clear as day like a, an attempted hit-and-run by the Brewers. And the first rule of a hit-and-run is you have to swing at the pitch no matter how bad it was. And I think that's what kind of happened to McCutcheon. I think that was in the eighth inning, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you have to try and put the ball in play no matter where the pitch is. Um, so, again, I, I do think it is Craig Council trying to put, you know, Put some pressure on the defense, try to get something going. But look, this Cubs team, you can put pressure on their defense because, look, um, Willie Adamas was able to score Colton Wong from third base after two wild pitches in a row, and that was the go-ahead run. That was the the deciding run in the ballgame. It was two wild pitches that allowed him to get to third, and then Willie Adamas hit that you know, long, long-ish fly ball into left field to go ahead and score that run. That was a huge play in the game, and again, it's it's putting that pressure on the Cubs' defense because they will make mistakes. Thank goodness for the Cubs' bullpen hopping into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That's 855-616-1620 if you want to participate. Doug is saying that. Thank goodness for the Cubs' bullpen. Love the righties, but like to say around here, just win. And Keston here made sure of that against the lefty and a righty, but a better manager tomorrow night won't get a gift again. Well, I will say Craig Kimbrell has uh, some flaws in his armor at the back end of that bullpen for Dave Roberts. They have teased the thought of maybe Ethan Roberts taking over. I don't know what's going to happen with the Dodgers land, especially for them in the postseason, what could happen. But, uh, yeah, Craig Council had a great manager performance today. Brought into the pinch hitters, got Yelich back into the game, had some good defense turned today behind him as well. And to do it on his birthday, too. It seemed like the clubhouse really enjoyed that. Vinny, when you look ahead, when you look at what the Brewers have in front of them, they have these three games against the Dodgers. And then the schedule does kind of lighten up a bit heading into Labor Day. I'm not going to put a record on you. I'm not going to say, like, they need to win this many games. But... For the Brewers to make you feel better about them trying to catch either the Padres or the Phillies for the wild card, because it's going to get really, really tough to catch the Cardinals for the uh, Central. What do you need to see? What will give you confidence to say that, okay, this team's looking like a playoff team now? If we can see Craig Timber happen again like that 20 and 7 September they had a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, it's, you know, like you said, Dom, it's, it's, it's tough to put a number on it. You don't, as, as a team in the clubhouse, they're certainly not putting a number on it. What they're thinking is we need to go, we need to go one and oh. That's, that's their mentality. We need to go one and oh, meaning they need to win, like you said, like you just said, Dom, just win. They need to just win today. What would make me feel pretty good, honestly, is if they, if they won two out of three, if they won every single series, they're going to make the playoffs. Now that is a, a pretty hefty record. They can do it though. That's the thing. This, this team, people forget, Dom, they, they were off to the best start in franchise history through the first 50 games. And why? Because they stayed healthy. So as long as they continue to stay healthy, I think this team will start to gain that momentum that they believe that they can win. They had a pretty easy schedule as well in that first 50 games. They have a pretty easy schedule going here for the, for the last uh, month and a half. So they just need to take care of business, go 1-0 and every single day. Obviously, you're not going to do it the rest of the season, but if they can win each series – but again, have that mentality of going one and zero. Just win today. I think they'll get in. And when you talk about the the upcoming schedule, I know a lot of folks keep pointing to this New York series coming up with the Yankees and Mets. Yes, the Mets are a very dangerous team. 
But the Yankees have been a 500 club since June. All right, they got off to that ridiculous start. They have come back down to earth. So that, in my opinion. Don't just think the Brewers are going to roll over in that coming up in mid-September. I mean, that's still about a little less than a month away, but that's not just going to be a rollover like, okay, the Yankees and Aaron Judge are going to come in here and destroy the Brewers. I don't see it working out like that, and I agree with you that just go 1-0 and and things will take care of themselves moving forward. Can I blow your mind with a quick stat here? Yes, please. So the Brewers win 5-2 to two today. Awesome. Good stuff. They win by three, okay? Do you know how much the Brewers have had a three-run lead as of late? <laughs> Not very often, but tell me. So this was only now the Brewers, including the ninth inning today. They have now led by three runs or more for just five innings, going back wow. to the Reds series. Okay, wow. They haven't had this kind of breathing room in forever. So for me, that's my key. Get some breathing room, whether it be by homers, whether it be by uh, you know base hits and hit and runs, whatever. They just need to get breathing room, which, I mean, that's so easy to say, right? Oh, yeah, if they could get it, they would just do it. It's been this all season long. The offense has been the Achilles heel. But that just blew my mind hearing and figuring out that number. Here's the thing on that, too, Dom. If, you, if, if big if, they can get in. They have played so many close, tight baseball games, and I've said this a bunch, that this will actually help them when they're in the playoffs, right? So you are going to play you know, very tight baseball games in October if you can get in and that just having that under your belt of of last year, it looked like against the Braves that they didn't feel totally comfortable in those tight situations where every at bat mattered, every pitch mattered. And if they can play these tight baseball games, like they're doing, um, obviously you want to have some breathing room. Like you said, I totally agree, but this will help them in October. They'll, they'll feel like, Hey, we've been here. We've done that. All these games, are, are you know we played such tight baseball games and I would even argue last year if the Cardinals would have beat the Dodgers the Cardinals were playing such good baseball and such tight baseball games where every game was a must win I would argue that the Cardinals would have had a chance to win the World Series last year if they would have got past the Dodgers in that one game series or that one game playoff for the wild card because they've just been used to playing those tight baseball games you could argue the same thing about these Brewers if they can get in and they play all these tight games they will have been there, done that, and they all know what it feels like to play in these tight games and win. So um, they just got to get there. Yep, just get in, just win, baby, as the phrase goes. Vinny, thank you as always for your time here on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings is going to roll on. we got highlights to get to. we got quick council reaction to get to. All that coming up on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. And now here's a fly ball out to left. Going back is half at the track. Here has gone deep, and we are tied at two. Oh, we were just saying how hard it would be to get one out to left, and Hira does the near impossible. It was that kind of day at Wrigley. Wind was blowing in from left center field. Keston Hira doesn't care and it comes off of a left-hander his first of two home runs in the brewers five to three win over the cubs they salvage the finale they still lose the series to the cubs but now they head out west to take on the dodgers there's been a lot made about keston Hira and his splits and i just want to go over them for the folks who may not be familiar with what's to follow here when you talk about splits when you talk about how a batter fares in certain situations how it splits out how does Keston Hira do against righties, and how does Keston Hira do against lefties? Well, 
in general logic in baseball, right-handers are able to see the ball better out of a left-handed pitcher's hand, and vice versa. Left-handed hitters see the ball better out of a right-handed pitcher's hand, which is why you always try to have the matchup same hand to same hand. All right, that's baseball one-on-one. When you look at the kind of upside-down nature of Keston Hira's career, it's something that we call reverse splits, meaning he's actually better against righties and worse against lefties, which is something you would expect in reverse, given he's a right-handed hitter. Coming into today, Keston here was hitting 169 this season against left-handed pitchers with a 542 OPS. Of his 11 hits, he had two homers, and even those were big highlights for him. He had one in Cincinnati and one at home against Cincinnati against Nick Lodolo, and now today his third home run this season off of a lefty. And you may be saying, well, well, Dom, that's just one season. He's hitting 299 against righties. What's his career? I mean, he can't be that bad in his career, right? Well, even if you go back to his rookie season and you include his entire career, righties versus lefties, the logic is still there. Hitting 198 versus lefties, 259 versus righties. 860 OPS against righties, 584 OPS against lefties. And for Hira, he's now got 41 career homers against righties and just 7 career homers against lefties. The data is there to say that this dude should not have been starting against a left-handed pitcher in Justin Seal. We've seen that a lot as of late, trying to get Keston going against lefties. In his last assignment, his last option back down to the minor leagues, he actually did hit a home run, had some really good at-bats against a left-hander while he was in AAA Nashville. And clearly, folks within the Brewers internally feel that they need to give him more of a chance against lefties to break out of this funk and moving forward in that regard. And Keston said so in the clubhouse after the game as well. Quotes from Kurt Hogue and Adam McAlvey talking about how well Keston has been able to adjust. And what he says is that he recognized how Justin Steele was attacking him early in the game. And when they saw bringing in the lefty after Rowdy went yard to face Keston here, it meant, okay, I know how he's probably going to attack me. And that's how you saw the first of his two home runs in this game. This level of baseball, Major League Baseball, is all about how fast can you make adjustments. Because the best of the best make adjustments not only from at-bat to at-bat, but from pitch to pitch. They recognize how certain players are attacking them or pitches they're hunting for or how the defense is playing them. It changes every single pitch. It's impossible to fathom if you try to sit here and try to break down every possible scenario. So kudos to Keston Hira for recognizing that trying to create an opportunity for himself to say, look, I know there's a logjam right now in the middle of this order between Andrew McCutcheon as a designated hitter against lefties. Defensively, Keston leaves a little bit to be desired between second base and first base and even a little bit of left field. But if that's the only way the Brewers can get him into the lineup defensively, then with McCutcheon being the DH, it puts Keston as the odd man out. And remember, too, Jace Peterson is going to start a rehab assignment this week, and he's going to go down to Appleton or up to Appleton on Tuesday. He'll have three days up there in Appleton. Then they'll decide and assess what they got to do. Keep in mind the Brewers also will have the rosters expand from 26 to 28 next Thursday, and that will allow you to carry one more bench player. You're only allowed to carry 14 pitchers out of that 28-man extended roster. It seems like, naturally, Adrian Hauser would slide into that 28th uh, pitcher spot. And as for the last spot position-wise, it would probably be Jace and Keston here trying to figure out who's going to be sticking around and what needs to happen between now and then. But Keston, in my opinion, should be getting more opportunities moving forward. 
if he doesn't get the start tomorrow, it's because, well, it's another lefty tomorrow. Julio Urias getting the start. Keep that in mind that if he gets the day off tomorrow, it's because of the reasons that we just said, but maybe he's hot. Got to leave him in there after his second career multi-home run game. The Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, again, one more time, 855-616-1620 if you want to participate into the show. Uh, it's been a fun one today. Brewers win by a final of 5-2. to two. Keston Hira is really the MVP of this game. He makes sure to get out of there with a the win. He drives in a total of three runs, including the clutch insurance runs with two-run homer in the top of the ninth inning. You could see the tension was released from that swing for a lot of folks in that dugout. Uh, looking ahead and looking into the clubhouse, some more tweets coming out there from Brandon Woodruff, too, saying, I feel like baseball has really, really punched us in the face the last couple of days. Hopefully we can carry this win today and get some momentum going into L.A. and play some good baseball. You just never know what's going to happen. That's from Brandon Woodruff via Adam McAlvey on Twitter, Brewers MLB.com beat writer. When you, when you look at things right now for the Brewers, as we said a couple of segments ago, it's a three-game series against the Dodgers. There's going to be a winner, and there's going to be a loser. And if the Brewers can be the winner, you're going to point to this week, this stretch of 13 games as, you know what, they have a chance to create some momentum out of this. What I was asking at the start of this of this stretch, like with four games against the Dodgers and six games or three games against the Cubs, three more against the Dodgers, and then three more against the Cubs. You look at that, add it all up. That's a total of 13 games head to head between these two teams in this two week stretch. What I was asking for is saying you would be thrilled going two and five against the Dodgers and then going. Four and two against the Cubs, like that would mean two series wins against the Cubs and two series losses against the Dodgers. Well, it's turned into a split and a series loss so far at the halfway point of this stretch. So as they stand right now, they're just three and four, which kind of is on pace for what we were asking for. Now, if the Brewers can win this series and the following series against the Cubs, I think that's going to rope a lot of people back in to turn some heads and say, wait a minute, there is a chance, there is some life, there is some energy. There is an opportunity, there is an avenue for the Brewers to jump in and steal one of these playoff spots. Uh, looking around quickly at the out-of-town scoreboard, the Padres still leading 2-1 to one in the bottom of the eighth. They are heading to the ninth now. Let's see who's going to pitch in that game. Uh, and then the Mets just took a 10-8 to lead on the Phillies in Philadelphia. That game is in the top of the ninth inning. And the Diamondbacks are still leading the Cardinals 4-3. to So if all results hold, they won't gain anything on the, on the Padres, but they will gain a game on the Phillies, and they would gain, gain a game on the Cardinals. So those games might be final by the time we are done on the air. We're going all the way to 6 o'clock. we got highlights coming up next on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get up! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. What a win for the Brewers, 5-2 to two here on Brewers Extra Innings. We roll on with some highlights to relive this game, and it started very, very differently. Brewers, they were struck out the side in the first inning, and Brandon Woodruff needed 36 pitches to get through the bottom of the first inning. But an old philosopher once told me, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. But the Brewers did not start out great. As mentioned, Brandon Woods of 36 pitches in the first wasn't aided by Nick Madrigal going 13 pitches long in his at-bat. But with two outs and a 3-1 count, Ian Happ, he's been a thorn in the Brewers' side all season, one of the best hitters on the Cubs, made him pay. Here's a 3-1 from Brandon Woodruff. Fly ball to right. 
Renfro back. Warning track. one nothing Cubs. It just kept on going. It was a heck of a swing by Ian Happ, even with the wind blowing in. Jeff Levering there on the call. Justin Steele was mowing down the Brewers. He had a double play turn behind him in the second. Three more strikeouts with an infield hit in the third. It looked like there was no stopping him, but Brandon Woodruff did hit the reset button after that long first inning. Started to get the swing and miss back on his fastball. He struck out the side in the third, and we were tight into a pitcher's duel. But then in the fourth inning, Seiya Suzuki, in his rookie season stateside, continues to torment the Brewers. 2-1, high fly ball out to center. Taylor going back to the running track, fighting the sun, reaches up, it's into the basket, and it is gone for Suzuki. Have to really get into one to get it out to that part of the park here today. The basket, what can he do? The basket gives, the basket takes, it happens. So Seiya Suzuki... Only his 10th home run this season. He's missed a lot of time due to injury. But he has been destroying the Brewers when he is in the lineup. Of course, he had the legendary inside the park home run off of Josh Hader on the 4th of July. But now here against the Brewers, of, of the 10 home runs he has hit this season, four of them have come against Milwaukee. It's now 2 nothing. Justin Steele is mowing down the Brewers. But now they're finally into their bullpen. We move to the 7th inning. Andrew McCutcheon leads off the inning with a leadoff single to left field. And with one out, Renfro lined out. Rowdy Telez was the batter, always a threat to tie the game, only down 2 nothing. But Andrew McCutcheon trying to do a little too much. Renfro lining out, now 3-0 and on Telez. There goes McCutcheon. Pitches a strike, throw to second is going to be in time. They got him. Brewers trailing a couple of runs, and McCutcheon on a 3-0 count was off and running. And Gomes was able to get him. As we were just talking about with Vinny Rettino, that when a team is pressing, mistakes are bound to happen. And that is one of those. A 3-0 count, a fastball count, was thinking Rowdy wasn't going to get a competitive pitch. That's what Kutch was thinking. Instead, it was a strike, and he gets thrown out. And on the very next pitch, it really was pouring salt into that wound for Brewers fans. Pitch to Telez. A high drive, deep right field. That is way up the bleachers and gone for Telez. And the Brewers are on the board. 26th of the season for Rowdy Telez. And now how big is that caught stealing? Lane knew it. Brewers fans knew it. It was a tough one. But have no fear. Keston Hira, the very next batter. And now here's a fly ball out to left. Going back is Hap at the track. Here has gone deep, and we are tied at two. Oh, we were just saying how hard it would be to get one out to left, and Hira does the near impossible. They had just brought in the Cubs, did a lefty two-face Keston Hira. They didn't bring in the lefty to face Rowdy because of the three-batter minimum rule. But in the span of three pitches, you had a caught stealing, a home run, a pitching change, and then on the second pitch from the new pitcher, Keston Hero homers to make it a tied game 2-2. Two to two. Now we move to the eighth inning. Rowan Wick back on the mound after giving up the big homer to Willie Adamas, and who's stepping into the box again in the eighth inning with an opportunity to give the Brewers the lead? It's the man with the clutch gene, Willie Adamas. 
Rowan Wick has his sign and delivers. Swing and a fly ball. Left center over Velasquez. He's going to have a play. Tagging at third. Coming in to score. Colton Wong. It's a sacrifice fly for Willie Adamas. And the Brewers have the lead. It would be their first lead of the game. And Willie Adamas comes through doing his job against Wick. Also, hat tip to the Brewers' bullpen today. They go three and a third scoreless innings, three strikeouts, just one hit allowed. Brent Suter gets the win. He's now five and three. Brad Boxberger, a one, two, three, eighth. And Taylor Rogers ended up claiming his first save as a Brewer since coming over from the Padres. But before all of that, he got some insurance. Thanks to the man of the hour, Keston Hira in the ninth. Pitch home to Hira, swinging a fly ball, left center, back, warning track, whoa, he's done it again! Keston Hira, two-run blast, 5-2 Milwaukee, take that wind. Great call from our friend Jeff Levering, second career multi-homer game for Hira, and the Brewers win by a final of 5-3. Final lines in this one. Brewers had five runs on seven hits, no errors. They left three runners on base. The Cubs had two runs on five hits, no errors. They left four runners on base. As mentioned, Suter the winner. The loser is Rowan Wick, and the save goes to Rogers. Now Los Angeles awaits. We'll hear from the manager, Craig Council, on his 52nd birthday. Coming up next on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Rolling on here as we are with you to the top of the hour on Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dominic Catronio. Fun one for the Brew Crew today. They win 5-2. to two, A happy flight heading out to Los Angeles for three starting tomorrow with the first place Dodgers. But right now, let's hear from the man in charge after a very shaky first inning from his starter, Brandon Woodruff. He was really proud of the way that he bounced back. 52nd birthday today for Craig Council. Let's hear his thoughts from today's game. Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, first inning, it was, what, 35 pitches, and so after that first inning, and, and still it was just one run, but to get into the sixth inning and get us two outs in the sixth inning was um, was really good stuff, and, I, I, you know, he, he um, you know, they did just a lot of foul balls today, um, but he, he kind of overcame it, I thought, and, and then got it going and um, pitched pitched really, really well. Um, and we needed length today. It was really important that we get length today. So, um, job well done. I mean, that, that's that's the kind of thing that you, you, know, you feel like you count on what you can count on Woody for, and, and he delivers it. Um, but you know, obviously after the first inning, it, it didn't didn't look like that was going to be the the outcome. To get four outs from from Suter, he just it's kind of been what he's doing. Yeah, Brent's been Brent's been pitching really well um, and and doing a nice job. And um, again, that was the seventh inning. Kind of no matter what happened, obviously we had a nice nice top of the seventh. But the seventh inning was his. Kind of no matter what, and um, it goes one two three there and, and and sets us up good. What was the availability? Obviously, Devin was down. Was, was Bush? Devin and Bush and and Peter were down. Yeah. Was Bush pitch count or just? Uh, Bush has pitched five out of the last eight days, and um, just we needed we needed to give him a day here. Craig, what about coming from behind? Uh, they they won the first two games coming from behind. You did it today and winning uh, obviously on your birthday today. Um, 
mean, how nice, you know, it's a nice present, obviously. <laughs> Uh, coming from behind is, uh, yeah, I mean, the Steele pitched really well, and uh, we, we didn't get much going against him. Uh, we didn't didn't square many balls up against him. Um, we, we had not had a lot of success against their bullpen, so to, you know, challenge their bullpen today was, was a good result. How's that? I'll leave the other part alone. You dodged? I was going to say you dodged. I'll leave the other part alone, yeah. <laughs> How, um, how satisfying of a day is that for Keston? You know, to have the, not just two homers, but one off the lefty, the other off the lefty. Yeah. He's worked so hard on his adjustments. Yeah, I mean, I, it's... You know, it's a it was a big day, and it was a day on a day that uh, the homers were really big homers. Um, so, just credit to Keston for, for the work he's put in, and you know, he, they brought in a lefty for him, which is kind of interesting. Um, it's two series in a row, but he's And he gets a pitch to hit, and he's he's doing um, damage with the pitches to hit. Are there other ways to get him in there more? Do you think? Or... Um, well, I mean, I, I'll tell you, it's, it, there there are ways. It's challenging, though. I mean, he's playing he's playing you know kind of the the, the position that the, the guys in the middle of our lineup are hitting. But I think um, certainly we have to explore it. it. One of them is McCutcheon in center from time to time. Is that? I don't know. Um, you know, that's a, a, a grind, can be a grind for players. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think you know. I, I will tell you that. Um, you know, we will look, we'll explore ways to get Keston in there. How impressive has it been, though, just with the sporadic playing time for him to produce like he has pretty much every time he's he's in there. Well, we're trying to we're trying to give him spots that where he can he can be successful, and and, and he's showing us that he you know is is does earning more and so that's you know a credit to Keston it was a fun day to say the least and even Craig Council dodges questions about winning on his birthday it's all about his players it's all about giving praise to those guys that's why these teams uh, these players love playing for their manager Craig Council what a day uh, Brewers win five to two again like we said at the top of the show everything's not perfect but when good things happen it just feels good. Do not have any analysis behind that. But Brewers fans really needed this one. It was looking bleak down to nothing with Justin Steele rolling along, but they did flip the switch and get things going and win the game by a final of five to two. We'll wrap things up with our final thoughts coming up after this on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Pitch home to Hira, swinging a fly ball, left center, back, warning track, wall, he's done it again! Keston Hira, two-run blast, 5-2 Milwaukee. Take that, wind. That was the one that put this game away for the Brewers. 5-2 victory today, Keston Hira. Hits two home runs, and the Brewers ring the bell with that second homer of the game from Hira. And remember, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army Red Kettle. Donate now at samilwaukee.org. Brewers next coming up. It'll be the Dodgers awaiting them at Chavez Ravine Dodgers Stadium, of course, tomorrow night. Brewers, tall task again to face the best team in baseball. They are rolling right now over the Marlins as expected, so... 
they are going to be 84 wins on the season now. Will be for the Dodgers, assuming that. Uh, tomorrow, it'll be Eric Lauer, 8-5, 3.58 ERA, going against Julio Urias, 13-6, and a 2.40 ERA. First pitch is scheduled for 9-10 Central Time. If you want to hang up late and stay with us uh, here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ, Jeff and, uh, or excuse me, it'll be Lane and Josh on the call as Jeff slides over to the TV booth coming up this week in Los Angeles. Quick look at the out-of-town scoreboard here as we get ready to say goodbye. The Padres did hang on and win by a final of 2-1 to one over the Nationals, so the Brewers did not gain any ground on them, but they did gain ground on the Philadelphia Phillies. The Mets win a wild one with homers in the ninth inning uh, to win 10-9 to nine over Philadelphia. And a quick peek over at Arizona. The Cardinals have taken the lead back from the Diamondbacks. It's now 5-4 to four in the bottom of the seventh inning. So looking at the wild card right now here in the National League, the Padres remain in that third, in that, in the spot comfortably now flip with Philadelphia. They're a half game up on the Phillies and the Phillies are one and a half games up on the Brewers as, again, we reiterate this over and over, the Padres and the Phillies have the tiebreaker over the Brewers. So one and a half games is essentially two games because, well, or one and a half, or two and a half games because the Brewers are not able to claim a game 163 anymore. So you need to win outright with a better record over them, over whether it be San Diego or Philadelphia. So they're still a game and a half back of a playoff spot as it looks like they will remain five games back in the Central Division as the Cardinals have taken the lead. So the Dodgers await next. You've got a pair of southpaws going tomorrow, and the Brewers have to be riding high after claiming a split last week against that same team. What a day it was from Wrigley Field. Thank you for everybody who's tuned in this week. We'll be right back with Beck Brewers Extra Innings again tomorrow night, and the Brewers will try to stay up late, get some coffee, and give you some fun baseball to listen to here on WTMJ. For Evan Wittalison running the ones and twos back in our studios, I'm Dominic Catronio. Thank you for listening. Right back for Brewers Extra Innings tomorrow. Until then, keep on swinging.